Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Radiance and Resilience. I'm Betty Parker, your host. You know, people are in their feelings these days, all kinds of feelings, and most of them are largely negative. I've had the opportunity to connect with lots of folks during this pandemic, and everybody's story is generally the same. People are afraid, they're overwhelmed, and in some cases, confused. Life has sucker punched us, y'all, and we just don't know how to fight back. So we're doing one of two things. We're either fighting each other or we're banding together and finding meaning again in relationships we let lapse. Since I've heard over and over again how people are struggling to cope with this sudden and unexpected change, I thought I'd try to offer a few words of hope and encouragement in a time of uncertainty and concern. So when I come back from the break, I want to put something on your mind that'll make you reflect. And then I'm going to introduce you to a new segment called What's Good. Stick around to be inspired. I think you're going to like this. Welcome back, everybody. So I want to talk a little bit about motivation. And oftentimes I get a request to come and speak at an event because for some reason people think that I am a motivational speaker that I am not. I am an optimist. I believe in looking at the bright side of everything and I don't like a lot of negativity. I'm a person who believes in that whole glass half full type thing. But motivation I've learned over the course of my years as a coach is something that's intrinsic. It's something that's generated from the inside. In fact, Stephen Covey once said, quote, motivation is a fire from within. If someone else tries to light that fire under you, chances are it will burn very briefly, end quote. So basically he's saying what you have to do is motivate yourself. Nobody else can do that for you. And I thought it was really interesting to hear people ask oftentimes, have you heard or read anything motivational? And honestly, I haven't. I get inspired by other people's stories for sure. And I think we have to get real good at being storytellers because oftentimes some things that we've gone through, other people are experiencing. And if we would just open up a little bit and share some of what we've endured and how we overcame when we talk about this whole idea around resilience, it's about overcoming those tough times. And oftentimes the things we're going through are not unique. And what you've experienced and gotten over could be very beneficial to someone else in hearing your story. So people become motivated about moments in time, but we don't stay motivated. And what that says to me is that we spend far too much time concentrating on those things that are negative, those things that are not worthwhile, because it's easy for us to fall into the trap of oh, woe is me, because this thing didn't work out well, that thing didn't go well, I don't like this person, life is not treating me kind, why me, why me, right? We do that rather easily, but we have to work harder to encourage ourselves. And so it tells me that we need to flip that thing around and make keeping ourselves motivated more of the habit than the one we tend to fall into around being negative. You know, motivation to me is it's it's like that. What is this a simile? I believe I can't remember what it was from school, but motivation is to the spirit and the mind as food is to the body. I think that's a simile, right? Somebody correct me on if I'm wrong, but I do see it that way because I feel like motivation has to be replenished just like food needs to nourish the body and you have to keep eating in order to stay alive and to stay healthy. We have to do the same thing around staying up and inspired. Without periodic motivation, I believe that the spirit dies and the mind withers just like the body does when it's not nourished with food. So we have to look at what do I have to do to keep myself mentally and emotionally healthy? And if it means feeding myself good things, positive things, hopeful things, then that's what I need to work on each and every day. So I'm here to help you with that to a certain degree. All right. So let's talk a little bit first about how you feel, because I've been doing a little bit of training. My classes have had to be virtual here of late. And the one thing I try to do is practice emotional intelligence. So I check in with my participants and I ask them, you know, in the face of this pandemic, 
How are you feeling? How are you getting through it? What's the biggest change you've had to endure? And when it comes to the feeling part of it, I hear words like, I'm overwhelmed. I feel fearful about the future, uncertain. I am trying to figure out how to juggle my home life and my work life since they've now been just kind of thrown together and they have to be integrated in some way. And so people are struggling in a lot of ways emotionally. This pandemic may not be affecting all of us physically, but it's certainly affecting all of us emotionally and mentally. We're having the same, we're faced with the same issue, but we're all dealing with it differently. So now that we're six weeks in, I hear people start to say things like they're feeling kind of stagnant, you know, because in the beginning it was novel, it was scary, it was chaotic, it was a crisis because we had to act on and turn on a dime. Things had to happen that had never happened before. Schools were closing down, businesses were closing, and people had to go home and try to work from home. And all of those things that, you know, we've been dealing with for the past six weeks. But now that we've been at it for so long, now we feel stagnant. It was chaotic before, but now it just feels dull and mundane because the monotony of this lockdown is just kind of dulling our senses. The urgency has calmed down and people now feel like the the worst is over. So they feel tempted to go out and let down their guard a little bit and be able to, you know, we're we're as human beings, we're just interdependent. We were created that way. We need to connect with one another. Some of you might feel like, no, I don't really need to be around people. I'm an introvert. But yes, you do. You may not like to be around crowds of people for a long period of time, but we all have to find that human connection. And so we can't live in isolation. And because people feel isolated right now, they've got that cabin fever and boy, they are just trying to break out like, you know, prisoners from a cell. So people are also fearful of what they don't know and about the uncertainty of what this disease is going to mean to us in the future. And they're also worried about how it's going to impact the economy. We already know we're going to be in a recession, but how bad is it going to be? They're worried about food security and just life in general. And so I'm seeing and hearing all of these stories in the media and I'm hearing it from hearing it from different people when I speak with them. And generally, we've just been overwhelmed by having to change suddenly and without notice. And we are feeling stuck with too many virtual meetings, right? We have a ton of work at home, all while trying to juggle our family life. And so it's like, what do we do? Where do we go from here? Now, that's the general sense of what I've been hearing from people. But then there are those folks who are like me, who try to find the silver lining in any and everything. Because I work from my house, this is not a big switch for me. So I never went into an office where I was around people all the time and now I'm missing those folks and my office is here. So I just like the fact that the world has slowed down and allowed me to catch up. And so for other people, it's not as easy as that. So I want to put some of this into perspective for you. Let's look at this whole idea of this change, this massive change that we've been thrust into without warning. And so to me, that kind of a change institutes a crisis, especially when you think about this is the result of a disease that causes great sickness in a lot of people and ultimately death. And folks, especially in healthcare, are experiencing symptoms of PTSD and they are struggling because they were on the front lines and they witnessed some things that you and I probably couldn't deal with either. So we have to keep them in our thoughts and prayers. But I want to put this whole everything we've been going through into perspective and not to minimize the importance of this dreaded deadly disease, but to help us to understand that things aren't nearly as bad as we make them out to be. So for everybody who's rushing out of the house, like they've been imprisoned for the past 25 years, keep in mind, we've only been on lockdown for six weeks. It's barely been a month and a half. Now, of course, that's a long time. That's a century for some people when they are accustomed to being out and about they're traveling every day. They're going to and from work. They're always in the midst of conversations with people. They have an office to go to. They have a job to go to. They got family they can see outside of the house. They like hanging out. Those outdoorsy types, oh man, to be stuck inside is just torture. But it's only been about six weeks. You've been free to move about. 
Keep that in mind as well. You have not been imprisoned in your home. Anytime you wanted to leave, you could go. <laughs> you can go to the store. You can go grab food from a restaurant. You just couldn't sit in there, but you could still go out and do what you needed. You were still able to exercise. I mean, there are a lot of things that you had so many freedoms and you still have so many freedoms. Everybody's not had their lockdowns lifted yet. So I want to speak in terms of where we are right now. And so I want you to look at the fact that you have not been imprisoned or entrapped in your own home. You were able and are able to still move about. You just can't do it in clumps with a bunch of people. You just have to physically be distant from other people. But we have definitely been socializing more than we probably ever had prior to this pandemic. You've likely talked about or talked to somebody you hadn't spoken to in a very long time, catching up with folks we didn't have a chance to in the past. A lot of you are still working. Travel and entertainment have slowed down, but businesses outside of retail are still going. I mean, if you're blessed enough to have a job, you've probably been working from home for the past six weeks. So since these, you know, these retail stores were able to close, they were not necessities in our lives. We just convinced ourselves that they were. And we spent a lot of money out there buying things we didn't necessarily need. Now, no shade on the people who make money, you know, opening up their salons and the barbershops and the retail stores and the catering businesses and all those things that small business owners do. My hat is off to them and I hope all of them can come back. I'm a small business owner myself, so I have a certain spot in my heart for people like that. But the fact is, Many people are still moving forward and progressing on their jobs. They may have had to cut their hours. They may have had to pull the work home, but the world is still moving. The country is still moving, albeit at a slower pace, but we're still moving. And the biggest thing that we need to keep in perspective is you now have time. That very precious commodity that we were all in search of, we were looking for it like it was lost treasure before this pandemic came about. Now it's there available to us in huge amounts. It's something we wanted before all of this and now we got it and we don't know what to do with it. And so I want to pose that question to you. Now that you have much more time than you've ever had before. Think about it. You don't even have to be stuck in traffic, driving back and forth to work anymore. You probably bought yourself another hour or so, just not having to be out there in that. So what are you going to do with this newfound amount of time that you have? And I want you to focus on, on, on that. I want you to be reflective and think on how well am I using this time that's been given to me? Am I doing some of those things I've always wanted to do? Or am I just whiling away the hours and idling away those things that I've been having as part of my vision or my dream for a long time and I'm not doing a thing about it? I want you to focus on what you're, you're, you're able to do and not on what you aren't able to do. You know, we're thinking about the fact that we can't go out and shop like we want to or eat in restaurants like we wanted to. And I want you to focus on what you've always wanted to do, but couldn't find the time for it. Think about things like, I don't know, maybe you wanted to research starting a new business or, or a new career. Maybe you wanted to practice doing a job interview. Hey, I have a friend who just got a job during this downtime. Maybe you wanted to take a class and learn something new. I know people are taking courses through universities, free courses online right now and gaining additional knowledge. Maybe you always wanted to write a book or call up people you've been meaning to get to or get with for a while or spend time with family. I'm hearing a lot of people say they're spending more time with family, something they wanted to do before. It's come on a little bit too much for them. <laughs> I think there was a big shortage before and now they're just overwhelmed by it. It came like a tidal wave, but nonetheless, you have had that time to be able to do what you wanted to do. So time is here at your disposal and you are in total control of it. The circumstances that got you here weren't in your control, but the time it bought for you is. And so I'm going to ask you again, what are you going to do with it? I see people on social media just wasting all of that valuable time. It is a real, real precious resource. And when all of this is said and done, when everything is over, these same people are going to complain that they didn't have a chance to get something done that they always wanted to get done. Their special projects never got off the ground. 
we have to realize this time right now is a gift to us, especially when we consider the people who no longer have time, right? Their lives are over. And when you consider that life, every one of us has an expiration date and that life does have an end point to it, we have to look at once this gift has been given to us like it has now, how am I going to show my appreciation for it by being more fruitful and productive in it? So now is the time for gaining depth of understanding. It's about not living superficially because we, before all of this, we just could just kind of, you know, have cursory looks at certain things. Now we can go in depth. We were too busy before because we were running from one thing to the other. So we just didn't have time to stop and reflect as often as we needed to. But now we have no more excuses. And I don't want to sound like um, dismissing people who are at home with young kids. You might be saying, do you understand that I got kids? I hardly have time for myself. And the only time I get is when I can finally get them to bed at night. Well, good. Use that time. Because more than likely, you don't have to get up super early in the morning like you used to for work. And if you have really little kids, they may get up early. But use that downtime. If you put those kids on a routine, like so many educators and child psychologists and specialists are saying, kids need structure and routine. And if you're not letting them stay up half the night, you have time, that downtime you desperately need to start being reflective and to move into something that is much more productive. I want to share a story with you real quick. And then I want to introduce you to my my new segment that I think is going to lift you up as it has for me. But I want to leave you with a quick little story. It's called The Bamboo Years. And a woman by the name of Catherine Hudson, who's the president and CEO of the Brady Corporation, tells this story about when she was um, at Eastman Kodak. It was early in her career. And she said she had the occasion to visit an, uh, an important customer in Kyoto, which is in Japan. And it was at the beginning of the Japanese economic crisis. So this customer's father had worked really hard to build a successful family business from scratch. And then over the years, they developed a strong and loyal relationship with the company that she was working with for the, at the time. So at this particular meeting, she said she was surprised when the customer handed her an order for an extremely expensive piece of equipment. So she asked him, you know, given these difficult economic conditions in your country, are you sure you want to make this investment right now? And so he pointed to a large bamboo plant in his office and he explained this. He said this. He said, see how it grows? It has long spurts of growth and then it stops for several years. It's during the times of slower growth that the bamboo plant builds the strong rings that serve as the foundation for its next growth spurt. During that pause, it is wise to make whatever investments you need to and get ready for the future. And so I thought that was a valuable lesson. And you got to ask yourself, what are the bamboo years in your life? This is a time where everything has slowed down, but it's an excellent time for growth. How are you investing this time, this newfound time that you have to achieve those things that you may never have the opportunity to do uh, n having not had the time before to make those things happen. If we don't seize this particular moment and say, this is my shot, I need to do something with this, you may never get this opportunity again. So I want you to chew on that for a little bit and I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, I want to introduce you to a new segment called What's Good. And What's Good is... A bunch of friends of mine and family members who I absolutely love and who are great sports to do this with me agreed to help me share words of wisdom and encouragement at a time when people aren't feeling that encouraged and not that motivated. Hearing from these people will, I think, uplift you and it will inspire you. And I hope you will be willing to share with us what's good with you. Stick around. I think you'll like it. Leadership, teamwork, conflict management, self-awareness. Mastering skills in these areas are how we at Sharper Development Solutions help leaders and employees perform better at work. 
through classroom instruction, group and individual coaching, and tools like Everything Disc Styles Assessments. We develop leaders, teams, and relationships through greater self-awareness and accountability. Call us at 803-622-4511 to schedule an appointment and learn more about how we can help you and your organization excel. Hello, Diane. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So we're with Diane Johnson Feelings, Dr. Johnson Feelings. Diane, what do you do? I am a, prof a professor of English at the University of South Carolina, and I'm a children's book writer. Awesome. That's great stuff. Tell me what's good. Well, I'm calling in today to tell you that I am thankful that my 25-year-old daughter, Niani, is home with me right now. This is a treat for me and probably more like a mixed blessing for her. <laughs> she hasn't been here for this long since she was a senior in high school. One of the things we decided to do was to find all of our old VHS videotapes. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> you heard that right. Precious <laughs> videotapes that have not yet been transferred to newer technology. We have viewed my wedding. We viewed her christening with two of her great Aww. among the witnesses. We saw moving images of my parents for the first time since their deaths. One of the recordings that moved me the most is of my daughter's birth. Aww. This is a reminder that there is always birth and rebirth and that for most people, myself included, we can bring children into the world only because we have faith that there is a future worth living. When Niani leaves, she will be reuniting with the cast of the national tour of Mean Girls. She's living out her musical theater dreams, which is a blessing. In our home is a plaque that reads, there are two gifts we should give our children. One is roots. The other is wings. As truly awful as this pandemic is, I pray that it will renew our love of home and renew our resolve to go out into the world like my daughter, making a difference in our own special ways. And that's what I want. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Very, very, very nice. Thank you so much. And congratulations to Niani. We appreciate her and all that she's bringing to the world of art and just enlightening us today and making us feel inspired. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for your podcast, Betty. Bye. Righty. Bye-bye. Good morning, Mayor Rodney. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Mayor Rodney Grogan of Patterson, Louisiana. What's good? Oh, it's just I'm just glad to be alive. You're glad to be alive. Every day we open our eyes, right? Is a good day? Yes, it is. It's another day that um, the Lord has made and blessed us with, um, and I, I'm just grateful. We're grateful to have you. You're a great leader in our town of Patterson, Louisiana, which is my hometown. And I know a lot has been transpiring with the pandemic, and I've been watching on Facebook all of the great responses that um, the residents of Patterson have been giving you regarding your great leadership. So we're grateful for you. Well, and, you know, I appreciate all of you that have left home and doing great out in other cities and so forth. But once again, you know, um, you all are contributing back here in the small rural area with your networking. And um, and we're most appreciative. All right. Thank you so much for all you do, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're, you're, you're just, you know, I, I don't want to be too biased, but you're God's sake. <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy your week. Same to you. All right. Good morning, Persephone's Canty. Good morning, Betty Parker. And I'm going to put behind your name, breast cancer survivor. What's good? Oh, my goodness, Betty. A lot is good. I know during these difficult times of this virus, so many people, loved ones, so many people being sick, there's a lot of encouragement. There's still some good things out there. For me, um, I am learning patience. I am learning to be by myself, which is a mm -hmm. good thing. Um, I've been so busy with school and busy with work and inundated with so many things that but I never really took the time to just stop. And I know it's a cliche, but just smell the roses mm -hmm. and being home and working remotely for about the last three and a half weeks has forced me to do that. So a lot of things that I thought was really important 
or I deem so necessary really is not Betty. Huh. Um, yeah, exactly. I've had aha moments like that. Mm-hmm. Like some of the things that I kept me from really connecting with other people because I thought I had to put it in the forefront or just doing, uh, putting things in the background on the back burner because other things seem so important. Those things aren't important anymore to me, Betty. Mm-hmm. Not as they're important, but not as important. And so I get to spend a lot of time virtually with my family. Like every Sunday afternoon, my aunts and my mother and myself, we get together to laugh and talk. And we do our Bible, our family Bible study now at 4.30 every Sunday. Beautiful. Um, Betty, we love it. We are enjoying ourselves. And so we get to connect from Columbia to Michigan to Charlotte. And that's something that we never got to do unless it was a major holiday. So I have laughed more with family. We've connected. We've talked about things like forgiveness and love and what it means. Yes. What it means to be committed to each other, even if we don't always agree and how to get past disagreements. We've talked, we've had a lot of reconnecting and reunification with family over the last few weeks. And so it's been a beautiful thing. And then here at home, I've just been reading more. School has kept me um, engaged. I have been thinking about what my life looks like after Corona, what things I'm going to prioritize. Um, And I've been waking up like at two and three in the morning. And for the first few times that it happened, I was like, okay, I'm trying to force myself back to sleep. But I realized that's my time with God. Mm. You know, I hear people say, yeah, I realize how people say, oh, I wake up at two, three o'clock in the morning. I get up and do things, you know, where I've been trying to force myself to go back to sleep. I realize that that's God waking me up and tapping me on my shoulder and saying, good morning, daughter. It's our time. Mm. And so I am spending that time connecting and asking God, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you need from me to continue to be your servant, to be the best person that I can be for the plans that you have outlined in my life. Amen. So those, yeah. So those are some of the good things that are happening to me, despite what's going on in our world. And it is unfortunate. And I keep my prayers going for those who are sick, for those who are dying, for those who are grieving. But then in the midst, I'm grateful what God is teaching me in this moment of stillness because that's what it is. It's a moment of stillness. It's a moment of connection. It's a moment to uh, re- reunify yourself with God and with the people that you may have lost touch with in so many ways um, because of the hustle and bustle of this life. Well, thank you for putting all of that back into perspective, because a lot of us probably were in the same predicament or shoes you were in, except where we just were running around here and there to and fro. And now we know we need to uh, prioritize our lives in a different way. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. Thank you, Betty. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. How are you? Good morning. An attorney here in Columbia. What's good? What's good? Now it's a great time to answer that question because weeks ago I may not have had an answer. I can think of a couple of things immediately. Um, As a bankruptcy attorney, I'm quite encouraged and happy to see the swell of humanitarianism in our court system, especially in the District of South Carolina. The courts have made uh, great amends to extend deadlines and grant relief so that people can save their homes and property and avoid evictions and in an effort just to stay safe, to stop so much gathering in the courts. Many mortgage companies are offering forbearances to people who are financially affected by the virus so that they may have a breather from paying their mortgage. So looks like we are actually all in this together and seems that many are realizing that we all do need each other to make things work. Now, on another note, if you had asked my husband what was good, I would imagine that he would say he's getting great <laughs> home-cooked meals every day uh, since we no longer eat out so after 40 years of marriage i learned that he loves zucchini so it's on so we're having sauteed zucchini baked zucchini (laughs) fried zucchini you name it so there are some good things going on, Betty. So thank you so much. Well, for thank you for sharing question. with us. And now everybody's got to go run out and get some zucchini because it's tasting kind of good in my mind anyway. <laughs> and right, you can three dog. for a dollar so. <laughs> Thank you, Edie. Have a great one. Hello, Raquel Thomas. Hi, Betty. How are you? 
I'm great. Raquel is a, uh, an entrepreneur and she's also a business coach. What's good? I'll tell you what's good, Betty. Um, the ability to learn and add tools to our arsenal is one of the best things that can happen for us right now. Also, just having time to build and rebuild our empires. We, we're always asking for time. You know, we're saying we don't have enough time in a day, but this thing has allowed us just time to build and rebuild. And we also have the opportunity to practice. You know, I'm, I'm a believer that practice makes perfect. And it, what better time than now to practice uh, our art, our craft, whatever it is, that thing that we do. Uh, one of the things that I really believe that's good in this time is just simply having time to get right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been telling people, you know, don't allow your vision to become blurred. Your struggle is a part of your testimony and your reckoning is coming. It's right around the corner and you have time now to get ready, get prepared. Uh, we have to be prepared not only financially, but mentally as well. The mental, our mental is just as important as anything else when our reckoning comes. So, you know, what's good, uh, having time and the ability to add things to our arsenal, uh, time to build and rebuild our empires and the opportunity to practice. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So for anybody who's worried about what to do, now is the time for preparation for the great things that are ahead, right? That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Raquel, for sharing those words of wisdom with us. Enjoy your week. You as well. Thank All right. you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Hello, Ron Harvey. Hello, Betty Parker. Hey, Ron Harvey is a business coach, a business owner, a, uh, a consultant, all those things, and he's wonderful at it. What's good, Ron? Well, what's really going great is the opportunity to really pause and start to pay attention to uh, things that are super important to us. Um, being able to see my daughter grow and educate her has actually been a, a privilege and an honor. Um, she was having a tough time in school, and this actually gave us a chance to help her grow and mature and find herself. Um, so I'm super excited that this has given us a chance to, to be the parents that we needed to be involved in her education. And business hasn't really gone bad for us. Um, of course, we, we, we've gained some insight on how to be a better business partner and better collaborative throughout our community. So even with all this stuff that's happening with COVID, we're actually in a good position, but we always try to find a way to find the good spot, regardless of what's happening. So we wake up every morning and we look for the good in every day. So this has actually given us a chance to slow down. Um, me personally, I was just too busy. And this has slowed me down and let me connect with my family, my wife, my kids, my community. And I'm talking to people that I normally um, would have seen in passing, but I'm actually sitting down having conversations on the phone with them now. So it's been going really well. Um, and so I'm not so wrapped up in the news. I'm more connected with the people that mean a lot to me. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like everybody's able to interact with each other. You would have thought we would have done that more when we had opportunity to be face to face. But now that we aren't, we're interacting more with people. Yes, yes. And, and, and it's forced me to use technology, which is the way the world is going. So I'm using it a lot more and gotten a lot better at it, too. And I'm reading more. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that you're able to play dad and be and husband and be present with your family. (laughs) Because I'm sure that's doing as much for you as it is for them. So wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you, Betty. I appreciate it. Have a blessed day. You too. Hello, Dr. Leslie Besselou. Hello, Betty Parker. How are you? All is well. All is well. So glad to have you with us today. Tell me what's good. Well, what's good is that even in this time of a pandemic, we still have hope. We have hope because of Jesus. Now, he gives us the hope to know that we will survive this. We will get through this pandemic, even if getting through means something we're not quite prepared for. But because of him, we have hope and we can rejoice. You know, it's really imperative for our mental health and well-being that we look for opportunities to rejoice and we look for the good. We can't remain in a constant state of suffering, in a constant state of focusing on all that's bad with this world right now, or else we won't be in in any shape or position to be of service to others. So what's good is that because of my hope and belief that we will survive and be different and be wiser and personally closer to God, 
this frees me to try new things, to learn new skills and embrace the fact that I've made mistakes and will continue to make mistakes as I venture into new territories. Mm -hmm. But there's a thrill in learning and mastering new aspects of whatever it is that I'm trying, whether it's doing my own hair like I did last <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, gosh, whether it's uh, hosting a new webinar, uh, launching a new course, whatever it is, I have hope. And I also want to share that when you have a hopeful attitude, this allows you to see the good that others are doing. And so although the news outlets primarily are reporting negative news, there's so much good that people are doing to help those in need. And that's also cause to rejoice. So I celebrate those who are able to financially support individuals or businesses that are struggling. I celebrate those who are able to donate food and other goods to children and communities that need them. And I celebrate you, Betty Parker, for using this platform to highlight what's good. Oh, thank so you. thank you. Yes. I appreciate you coming in. Like always, you've been on the show a couple of times and I just thank you so much. I want to mention that if anybody knows about this whole idea around hope and great mental health, it's you as a psychologist and a, and a <laughs> coach. And so we appreciate all those warm words, those encouraging words. And I really appreciate you too, Dr. Besselou. Have a well, great week. Thank you. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Hello, Wanda Brown. Hi, how are you? I am great. Wanda Brown is my sister, my big sister out of California. She is retired. What's good, Wanda? Well, um, I just got through talking with uh, my Sunday school class, and I asked, uh, I made the comment about uh, the coronavirus, and I said, you know, the word of God tells us that everything works for good, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what good did they see coming from this coronavirus pandemic? And it was amazing, uh, some of the comments that I got back. And I'm really, it, it's really an eye-opener. They were saying this coronavirus is really making us do what we should have been doing all along. Now, isn't that an indictment for the saints, but also an encouragement? Because it's like, now we are back on track. Uh, to what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were saying that we are now showing more sincere love for each other. Um, those that were complaining about their jobs are now very thankful that they have one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they also said that uh, now we have more time to make our families uh, a priority and work on those issues that we've been pushing on the back burner, right? Mm -hmm. so, so our families are, are becoming more uh, stronger, you know, as a result of this time uh, out that we have from the day-to-day -day, uh, drudgery. And, and some said we have time to truly connect with people and sincerely care about their well-being. And I think that's what God has been trying to get us to do for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Some said God has taken away the things that have been consuming us and given mm -hmm. us more time to pray. Uh, some said media has given uh, our pastors greater outreach and, and encouraging others in our cities uh, that would not have otherwise have heard the word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, some said God has given us the opportunity to pray and to pray frequently, uh, giving others the opportunity to learn how to pray and to be blessed through hearing the prayers of others. And I had one student to tell me we have been given the opportunity to reach out and bond with church members that we would otherwise not even uh, have taken the opportunity to do so. Uh, while others say, while the world is still looking for a vaccine, God is already vaccinating people. There oh. are many who have tested positive, have had the symptoms, but have been healed from it. So mm. God's, God's healing produced an immunity against the virus. And now they are um, able to give their blood uh, to help vaccinate others. You know, I thought that was really uh, an eye opener because while we're so busy looking forward to a vaccine, God is vaccinating some of us already. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, the earth is getting a healing. We're seeing the data where air pollution is clearing. You know, animals are at ease to have their babies and roam around in our communities. Um, and talk about speaking of the blood. Uh, the saints mm -hmm. are also vaccinated that we're, because we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Right. Well, That's amen. God, who God says we're healed by his stripes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it was just fasc uh, really fascinating to see how 
when uh, those of us who say we believe in the word of God, uh, especially today we were reading in Psalms 118, looking at how David was just giving God this heartwarming praise for how he uh, preserved him through all of his warfare encounters and gave him the victory. And uh, this coronavirus is giving us the same. We have more than enough reasons to thank and praise God for the way he's providing for us um, through these times, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so my word of encouragement is uh, the word of God is our peace. He is our shield and our refuge in these times. And so uh, my encouragement to the saints is just keep holding on to his hands because he is faithful in whom we believe. All right. Well, thank you for that little sermon today, sister. Look, I don't feel like I got to go to church now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Those are great words of encouragement and I'm sure it's going to touch somebody. Thank you so much for contributing today. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Hello, Paulette Cunningham. Hey, Betty. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Paulette is a business owner. She's a public speaker and great facilitator, and I'm so glad to have her with us today. Paulette, what's good? Well, I was wanting to share how I think that everybody can take advantage during these uh, COVID-19 times. And um, what I say is four words, three words, leverage the lining, the silver lining, that is. Now, all of us are, yeah, yeah. all of us are familiar with the saying, look for the silver lining, and that is great. Um, But where the power lies is in leveraging the silver lining once you find it. So we all know that looking for the silver lining is identifying what good can come with this change. And then leveraging the silver lining is how can I use the good to my advantage or to my advancement? Mm. Mm-hmm. And so two things for me that have shown up during this time um, as silver linings are a one, a slower pace for me professionally and personally. And also um, with that increased time for myself. So at work professionally, it's a slower pace because the consumers that I serve are not there. They're staying at the residential locations. My staff is not there. So instead of me handling the direct care of the consumers, as well as being hands-on with my staff, now on my days at work is a slower pace because my responsibilities lie within my administrative duties um, for the majority of the time. So that's a slower pace. And then personally, me as well, um, you know, it's kind of like replacing out the the best for the good, because a lot of times in my personal time, I spend it visiting people, going to see, you know, people in the neighborhood. And, you know, now that's been swapped out because it's not healthy or safe to go visit people that I'm staying home. So that gives me more time to myself personally. And so um, how I am leveraging those two silver linings, the slower pace and the, and more time for myself um, very practically on weekday mornings. um, I leave later for work. Um, I spend more time on me in the mornings um, and that's translated into exercise and just moving more slowly. So my mornings are a whole lot less hectic Mm -hmm. and a whole lot more peaceful and productive for myself personally. And of course that translates to being better when I get to work. Um, In the evenings, how I leverage the slower pace and the more time for myself and on weekends is having quiet time, you know, after work and on weekends, you know, where I can fully decompress, Mm -hmm. I can fully release and I can fully restore myself. Um, that may look like vegging out in bed, watching TV, you know, (laughs) (laughs) works for me. Yeah. You know, and, uh, or that may look like sitting in my backyard and just absorbing nature and re-energizing myself, you know, physically and mentally and spiritually. And from a personal development standpoint, you know, it helps me to handle stress. Um, it helps me to read more about handling stress or making decisions about exercise and diet. Um, and the, the, the third way that I leverage the slower pace and the more time for myself um, 
you know, maybe not in, maybe on some weekday mornings, maybe on some weekends, but you know, I do this whenever I darn well please is that I concentrate and focus on development. And I know, yeah, I know people have been talking about use this time. So you're better on the other side and that's true. Um, So I've been planning and preparing for my next level. Um, That really is uh, a fantastic thing to be afforded the time and the space and not just the, the literal time, but also the, the, the mind space, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you may have a, you know, you have your two days on a weekend of a regular how, when things were like they were before you have your two day weekend, but you're so uh, stressed out or you're so your mind is so packed right. um, with everything that you've been through for the week, all the preparations that you have to make for the upcoming week and all of the things jam packed with all the things you have to do this weekend, you know, right. that you don't really, we didn't always have the mind space to put in another requirement, you know, something else I have to do, you know, because Mm -hmm. when you're doing professional development, that's something that takes focus time. You know, it's not like watching TV. It's not like, you know, reading a book for pleasure. It's, you know, you're focused, you're concentrating because you're trying to get that next thing done. And so it's like adding a to-do to your list. But right now during the COVID-19 time, because it is a slower pace right now, and I do have more time to myself that the professional development is much easier mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. good, 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 wise words because time is of the essence in all of this because like you said, we have so much of it. It is a very precious commodity, but we misuse it all the time. So here we are mm-hmm. with a bunch of it at our disposal. It's about right. how you're going to use it right now and into the future. Thank you so much, Paulette, for sharing your words of wisdom and uh, in all that time that you have on your hands right now, uh, I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Betty. It's nice being with you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, Deb. Hello. All right. So this is Deborah Washington. She is my oldest sister. And I'm making up your title. I think it's something like Chief Diversity Officer and Patient Care Services at Massachusetts General. Am I close enough? Close enough, sis. Awesome. So what's good? (laughs) What's good is um, I'm thinking about church today, of course. And in my thoughts, I'm remembering a church saying, and that church saying is God is still speaking. And that phrase gives me particular joy today because I see our God of justice addressing injustice, which is um, a promise that he's keeping to us. It's a longstanding promise. And I see the injustices that uh, black people have suffered being revealed in new ways and ways that are demanding for change. And that gladdens and lightens my heart and soul. Awesome. Awesome. Well, sticking true to your, the work that you do each and every day and helping everybody to recognize some of the uh, inequities that exist in our world today, you are seeing out of this whole situation, um, the need for us to draw nigh, I guess, to God, because he is a just God. Am I hearing that? Yes, indeed. All praise. All praise. All praise. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for encouraging us today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Love you, sis. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Hello, Gwenlinda Edwards. Hi, Betty. Hey, it's good to hear from you. Glenda's a great friend of mine. She's an IT professional. Glenda, what's good? Just the love and support that um, I've been experiencing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, It's been encouraging. And so I, myself, I've been reaching out to people that I wouldn't normally talk to on a regular basis just to check in, just to see how everybody's doing. So that's what's good with me. All right. And see, I'm hearing that a lot from different people. You know, we have this time on our hands and we, since we can't get any in people's presence we're doing so much more virtually so it's kind of forcing us in ways to reach out to people we don't normally get to talk to so how's that been good for you what's it doing for you um you know it's just making me really appreciate um just the relationships that I've had um with people over the years and even though I don't talk to them on a regular basis just to know that during um a time such as this that they think enough of me just to reach out, just to check in, just to see, you know, how everything is, is going, makes me feel love. And it also makes me feel appreciated. So 
very grateful awesome. for it. Awesome, awesome. And Glenda also has a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. I have a podcast called Empty Nesting, and it is about parents um, that are going through the early stages of empty nesting. All right, because her daughter left her to go to college. But look, she's right back at home for this pandemic. So she really is. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you so much, Glenda, for sharing those words of wisdom and encouragement. Have a good one. You too, Betty. Thank you. All right. Hello, Crystal Evans. Hey, Miss Parker. What's going on? (laughs) Oh, man. Everything and nothing. I'm going to call you the right Reverend Crystal Evans. Is my great friend, Crystal. And I want to know from Mm. you, what's good? What is good? Well, I believe moving from grumbling to gratitude is what's good. Okay. Yes, yes. I just think that when it comes to viewing life and knowing truth and being grateful about what matters most during this pandemic, you know, I think that's when we can just shift from grumbling to gratitude. Um, These uncertain times, I just seem like we just have this newfound freedom that ironically comes from just being still Mm-hmm. from being bound and on lockdown and quarantine. And I just think during this time and sitting still that, you know, we, we're just moving from the grumbling and, and looking at things, the small things that we've so taken for granted during this time. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you got such a point there because before this, everybody had complaints about how much they had to do. There was never enough time in a day and we, you know, overloaded with this, that, and the other thing. But you're saying that now that that time has passed and we have this downtime, we need to be more grateful. We need to be more grateful, you know, people looking at it like I'm isolated, but I think, you know, isolated mm. doesn't mean you're isolated because you're with family, you know, and I think what's good is that we are here, you know, we're still breathing, we're mm-hmm. still eating, we're still eating probably more than we should, but we're still eating and mm-hmm. we're still alive. And yes, we're here together and just being together, you know, I'm being more grateful instead of grumbling about it. I'm learning more about those I love. I'm learning their likes and their dislikes. And we're embracing each other's strengths, but we're also adjusting to each other's shortcomings, mm-hmm. you know, each other's faults and our differences. So, so, so what's up or just what's good is loving and living. And we're just, mm-hmm. you know, praying and praising and trusting God who is good. All right now. <laughs> you, you all know, right, through it all. So, you know, so you say what's good. I say that's also good, you know, <laughs> so through it all. So I just think thanking him and basically what's good is just the lesson of just moving from grumbling to gratitude. Amen. Well, I'm going to accept that as my sermon for the day. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Some great words Mm. of wisdom and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of Radiance and Resilience today. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, Michael Brown. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Michael Brown, she is my wonderful and beautiful niece out of Sacramento, California, and she's a marketing professional. Michael, what's good? What's good is just being grateful, appreciative. It's 90 degrees over here, so it's warm. And I'm just thankful that my whole family is well. Um, I just have nieces and nephews that were just born two months ago during this crazy time, and they're healthy. Yeah. So I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful. And you're the aunt extraordinaire i watch what great things you do when you're spending time with the kids especially the older one who's what four years old i think yes (laughs) so you're finding time to spend with family and to just enjoy and be grateful for the fact that you are up and at them today in a beautiful environment yes and healthy because so many people are losing loved ones and not getting to see them when they're sick or even if they should die being at a funeral so i'm just thankful absolutely well thank you michael for those words those warm words of encouragement and for reminding us that it's a good thing just to be on this side um experiencing our families and time together and staying healthy thank you you're welcome all right take care all righty love you love you bye-bye well, hello, Salisha. Well, hello, Betty Parker. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. This is Salisha Moses. She's a good friend, and she is a superstar in the world of Mary Kay Cosmetics. What's good? Well, Betty, I am doing my best to do what I know best to do within this pandemic season that we're in right now. Some of the things that I found myself doing in order to remain sane are I'm reading more. 
And the two books that I've chosen to read, one of them is called Sun Stand Still by Pastor Stephen Furtick. Oh, yeah. Elevation that, Church. Yes, yes. That book I am reading by myself, and it's actually a reread. And it's even better in the second time of reading than it was in the first time. Awesome. The second book that I've chosen to read called Confronting Jezebel by Steve Sampson. Now, okay. this book, this book I'm actually reading as part of a book club. This assists and helped me, I guess, to have the social part of life that we're so used to. So there are seven of us in this particular book club. And every Monday we get together and we collaborate on what we've learned from this particular book called Confronting Jezebel. So those are two books that I'm reading and mainly I'm enjoying launching myself back into reading. But last but not least, another thing that I actually enjoy is walking mm -hmm. and enjoying nature, listening and watching out for God. And it gives me some sense of peace, again, just to get out of these four walls, mm -hmm. take a walk for however long I decide to do it. And I feel so much better when I return home. Wonderful. Those are some great practical tips for people. So reading again, even getting with a, a book club and then going out and getting some physical activity. We appreciate you, Celicia, for sharing that with us and uh, continue to do great things. All right. All right. And you're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, Reverend Hello. Tiffany Redmond. Hello. How are you? I am well. <laughs> Great. And you know, that is so good to hear from you in that regard, because I know as a chaplain at the local hospital system, you deal with a lot of people who are end of life or who are dealing with a lot of sickness. So for you to be upbeat at a time like this, especially through a pandemic, it is so good to hear that smile in your, in your voice. What's good? So what is good is after all these years of hospital chaplains trying to convince people that we are necessity, we are the ones that are there that brings a voice of spirituality and God in the hospital, it's finally proven through, even in this mm. pandemic. You know, we have had so many furloughs in the hospital. We have had people um, being laid off and, you know, wondering what's going on. And what we have found is that chaplains can be that line of defense along with nurses and doctors. And so though it's hard work, we are still the voice of God in this situation. And I appreciate God showing up through us. And we have stepped up to the challenge, I must say. We have found innovative ways to be both with, you know, the family members at home and those that are in the hospital. So it's been a blessing. Absolutely. And that's right. So you're not just treating the patient or serving the patient, but you serve the whole family. We do. And staff. I mean, that has been a right. huge, a huge um, break for us is that, you know, just at times we'll show them some grace. But uh -huh. we have really been able to step in and just, you know, help them deal with all the things that are going. They have kids at home and they're bringing this stuff to the house. So just to be an outlet and to, to let them realize that God is with us all, even in this situation. It's been really, really, really wonderful. Wow. Great work then. I'm sure that um, they appreciate everything you all bring. And so thank you for those words of wisdom and encouragement. We appreciate all that you all do in serving uh, not just those folks out in the hospitals, but to all of us yes. in the community. Thank you so much, Reverend Tiffany. You're so welcome. Have a good one. You too. Right, bye. bye. Tanya Rodriguez Hodges, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I am fantastic too. Good to have you here on Radiance and Resilience. You are a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, a serial business person too, because you got 20 million different uh, <laughs> companies. All I know is Latino communications, but I know you got a whole bunch of other ones. Tell me what's good. What's good is that life is fantastic because we are well in good spirits and living life like it's golden. I have our 94-year-old father who is still complaining daily and plotting <laughs> on how to escape to Walmart as if he's going to convince one of us for that he has a valid reason to go somewhere. Then we have our precious boys. I mean, our young men that are back home completely shattering our empty nest. <laughs> 
and eating us out of house and home. Right. Not to mention keeping Dominion energy in business with leaving room lights on, refrigerator doors opening and closing. Yep. And then turning my AC off as if they clearly do not know I am in full-fledged menopause <laughs> just because they are cold. I mean, have you ever? <laughs> but life is golden because life is golden. I live with a first responder, first from 9-11 and once again now during this pandemic. And I am mm. so grateful for his determination to step up and do what needs to be done, not only to take care of our family, but also to take care of our community. So that amiga is what's good. Awesome. So glad to hear that. Tell him thank you for his service. And I'm so glad that everything's going well and you're enjoying the family. You're living my life too. I mean, I think teenagers, there's a guidebook or something. They all follow the same rules. So I tell you, <laughs> we're dealing with the same stuff, but thank you so much for those motivational words. All right. Thank Enjoy you, the rest of your week. You too. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for us this week on Radiance and Resilience. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed everything you heard in this particular episode because it was designed just for you. I want to say thanks to all of my guests who offered wonderful words of encouragement and wisdom. I appreciate you. I thank you for all you do. Thank you for the joy, the love, and the laughter. And if there's any one of you who are listening who'd like to be a part of what's good, by all means, leave us a voicemail and let us know what's happening with you I'd love to include it in my next episode. So thanks a lot. Enjoy your week. This has been Radiance and Resilience with Betty Parker.